Welcome to the English Vocabulary Help Podcast. My name is Kayla and I'm an English teacher from the United States. I teach English vocabulary that you cannot find in a textbook. Today's topic is all about misused English words. I teach natural English on Instagram at English with Kayla. I also teach on YouTube and even TikTok. So go find me there for more daily English tips. The English Vocabulary Help Podcast is a way to hear the English that I teach on the go. I hope you enjoy listening to today's podcast wherever you are in the world. I know I have students in the United States, but I am always so amazed to hear of all the other locations you guys are listening from. And I absolutely love that you guys listen to this podcast on the go while you're doing your daily activities. So feel free to message me or leave a comment, tell me, Where are you listening from and what you're doing? And without further ado, let's get into today's lesson. So keep in mind that all of the words that I talk about in today's lesson will be listed in the show notes or you can go to englishwithkayla.com and in the English Vocabulary Help podcast section, you can read more about these lessons as well. The first two words that I don't want you to misuse and confuse, misuse and confuse, those rhyme very nicely, are disperse with a B, disperse, and disperse with a P. So again, read these words in the show notes. I promise they won't all be this close in sound. So to disperse with a B is to pay money or another financial asset. So lots of times we talk about when a company is going to pay all of the employees, they will disperse the paychecks. So when we use the word disperse with a P, we're talking about something other than money that's going to be distributed. So you can get away with probably saying these words because they sound so so close together. But when you're spelling these words or writing these words, you want to make sure that you spell them correctly. Again, with a lot of these words in this lesson, even native speakers tend to confuse them. But you want to sound like a very professional English speaker and impress all your colleagues, all your friends, all your acquaintances. So we're going to know the difference between disperse money and disperse other things. So when you disperse things with a P, it means you're scattering things or you're making them disappear. So you could also say that you're dispersing a group of people. Let's say there is a protest and the police want the people to go home from the protest. You could say they dispersed the protesters. Protesters are the people that are... Uh, how would you explain a protest? <laughs> they're fi- they're fighting for a cause. So they go out with signs and they usually chant like Black Lives Matter was a big protest in the United States, all across the United States. So disperse is when you're talking about giving out money and disperse is when you're making things disappear or you're giving out other things. Let's talk about figuratively versus literally. This drives me crazy. Native speakers have become 
they've gotten into the habit of confusing these two words or using them interchangeably, even though they do not mean the exact same thing. They don't mean the same thing at all, really. So figuratively means metaphorically. And literally means that something actually happened. So if you use a figure of speech, meaning kind of like a hyperbole, you're exaggerating a bit, or you're saying something to just get the point across, like that food was so good, it blew my mind. So blew my mind means it, it really impressed me. It didn't literally blow your mind, it figuratively blew your mind. American English speakers have started to use the word that literally just blew my mind. If you're saying it literally happened, it means it really did happen. So in this case, it does not make sense to use the word literally. You want to use the word literally when you're talking about something that actually happened. So you could say it actually made me sick. It didn't figuratively make you sick. You didn't just like pretend to be sick. You literally threw up and were sick. So if you want to say I was actually sick, you could say I was literally sick. When you're talking about something literal, it really happened. It is the truth. One more thing about the word literally that I want to note is it's kind of becoming acceptable to use it in the wrong way. So it's like slang when you say, literally, I am so tired, I could go pass out right now. You're not going to literally pass out. It might take you a few minutes to go fall asleep, but it's acceptable to say literally to make a point and emphasize your point. So you'll hear Americans and probably other English speakers around the world use the word literally as slang. The next two words are Again, spelled similar, sound similar. They are moral and morale. Let's start with morale, actually, here. So morale is what we talk about when we feel good about something. We talk about kind of the energy and the attitude as the morale. This word is spelled as M-O-R-A-L-E. Take a look at it in the show notes if you're confused. So we talk about a group of people and their morale. If we're talking about a soccer team, the coach would be trying to build his team's morale. He would do this by, he or she would do this by, you know, giving them compliments, giving them pep talks or speeches to motivate them saying, you guys can do it, you guys are the best, that would give your team good morale. Bad morale would be telling your team, they suck, you guys are bad, you're terrible, you'll never win a game. If you tell your soccer team that, they will have bad morale. So the word morale, morale, excuse me, with an E at the end, is talking about the attitude or the energy of a person or a group of people. A moral, spelled M-O-R-A-L, there is no E at the end of this word, so instead of saying morale, we say moral, is a belief about what is right and wrong. We often talk about the moral of the story. This is a really common phrase. The story has a lesson that teaches what's good or what's bad. So popular fairy tales, for instance, if you've ever heard of the boy who cried wolf, 
it's like a really common story we tell children in the United States. And the story is so popular, we almost use it as a phrase. So the boy who cried wolf kept telling people in his town that there was a wolf coming. And again and again, he was lying. And the last time he cried wolf or told everybody that a wolf was coming, there actually was a wolf coming. And nobody believed him because he had cried wolf or lied so many times. So I'll explain this phrase as well. When you cry wolf, it means that you're kind of alerting people of something that hasn't come true and you've done it a bunch of times so then nobody believes you. When you cry wolf many times, you lose a lot of your credibility. So we use that phrase quite a bit actually, but that story has a moral not to alert people when there's nothing really wrong or not to lie. Everyone has morals, maybe they are religious based Or sometimes your morals can change and improve as you get older. Maybe if you were okay with stealing as a child or vandalism in the United States, we always throw, not always, but if you're kind of a rebellious teenager, you go to people's houses who you don't like and you throw toilet paper on their trees. We call that TP, toilet paper, TP, and... As an adult, your morals can change and you can see that as really bad and something that you would never do. So morals are your belief and your morale is like your attitude. Do not confuse these words. I would say native speakers do a good job of keeping these words straight, but I can see why they would be really confusing to English learners. Let's talk about two words that honestly confuse the crap out of me. Yes, I just said confuse the crap out of me. I know I'm an English teacher and I'm supposed to be speaking very proper, but this is a natural English podcast and that is really a natural English phrase that I use. So capital, spelled C-A-P-I-T-A-L, capital, versus capital, C-A-P-I-T-O-L. These words sound exactly the same, But they are slightly different, and there's a really technical thing that you need to know. Again, I'm not sure that every native speaker probably knows this difference, but you guys are very intelligent, so I want you to know this tip. Capital, spelled C-A-P-I-T-A-L, so there's an A at the end of this word, has or second to last in this word, I should say. Capital has many definitions. It can mean money or things that are owned, like the wealth of a company. Sometimes we talk about companies having lots of capital. That just means they have lots of money and resources. And it can also mean something is very important. So we talk about a capital concern being safety. So my number one worry is safety. So capital can mean money. It can mean important and it can also mean like an up an uppercase letter instead of lowercase it's capital or capitalized another definition of capital that you need to know is when we talk about the capital of a country or a capital of a state so the capital of the united states is washington dc 
That's where the federal government is. And a capital of a state, let's talk about California, is Sacramento. So that's where the state government is there. I know in Canada, they also have states and capitals and Brazil and many other countries around the world. But when we spell capital, C-A-P-I-T-O-L, this is a very rare case where we spell it like this. It's talking about a specific building where the government works and where they do legislation, like make laws. And again, it's very specific. A capital is a specific building. There's only one capital usually in a capital city. So in Washington, D.C., there is the capital, spelled C-A-P-I-T-O-L, where they make laws, where all of our legislation happens. So a very small difference there, where once in a while you have to use capital spelled with an O instead of an A. But most of the time, it's just capital spelled with an A. Let's take a quick minute to thank this week's sponsor. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Thank you to this week's sponsor of the podcast. I really love Audible and I'm so excited they are supporting the podcast. And I know that you all like to read, and you're always asking me for English reading suggestions. So you need those suggestions, but you also need listening practice. And if you're like me and you only have a small amount of free time to actually sit down and read a book, you will love Audible. You guys, I really love my Audible membership. It lets me listen to audiobooks wherever I am at any time. I usually set a reading goal at the beginning of the year. And Audible helps me reach my reading goal, and it will help you as well. So I've actually had an Audible membership for many years now, I think since 2015. And I can go back and see all of the books I've read and how much time I've spent listening to audiobooks every year. So right now, I'm listening to the audiobook Atomic Habits because it's almost the start of the new year. And that's when I set my personal and teaching goals, and I'm ready to go accomplish those. I also love to hear what books you guys are reading and listening to, so let me know on Instagram or any other platforms, and I would love to hear your suggestions. Audible is a great tool, too, because there are podcasts, guided meditations, and other really exclusive things that are only on Audible with your membership that you can listen to in English. So the best part about Audible being a sponsor of the podcast is you can go to audibletrial.com forward slash EWK, like English with Kayla. Again, that's audibletrial.com forward slash EWK to support the English Vocabulary Help Podcast. And you get a 30-day free trial with a free audiobook. Yes, you get a free audiobook to listen to. So start off the new year with improving your English vocabulary, and listening to a new book. It's really an awesome deal. 
Thanks again to Audible and let's get back into the lesson. Okay, we're back. So let's talk about the words perspective versus prospective. These two words can really trip up or confuse English learners. So let's talk about perspective first. So perspective is the way that you see something. The word perspective is normally used as a noun. You usually say something like, from my perspective, so from my view or from my viewpoint. So let's say there's a problem at your workplace, but you think everything's fine because you haven't heard any arguing or any conflict. You could say, from my perspective, everything is fine. Or from my perspective, everyone is getting along. But others might know a bit more about the drama and from their perspective, your office is a complete disaster. People are getting in fights. People are hating each other. Two completely different perspectives or points of view. Now let's talk about the word prospective because it's very different than the word perspective. Prospective means future or potential. This word prospective is prospective is normally an adjective. So the noun form of this word is prospect. A common word that we use this with is prospective candidate. If I am interviewing several people for a job, they are all prospective candidates. They are all people that I could hire for the job. So they mean future candidates or potential candidates. Um, another funny way that this is used, I just got done watching the show Indian Matchmaker on Netflix. I really enjoyed it. The people in that show were searching for love. They were searching for a husband or a wife. They were searching for prospective husbands or prospective wives. And the people that they were dating were all prospects. Does that make sense? So they're all potential people that they could marry so they were all a prospect so when we have something or someone that could fill a role or could you know something that could happen in the future it is a prospect when we're young in the united states we always learn the difference between these two words um, they're pretty easy to differentiate so i want to make sure that you as an english learner know this because we don't mistake these when we spell them. It's really more of a spelling error. Actually, when I was in college, I had a teacher that wrote this on the board. And he spelled it incorrectly. And I was thinking to myself, didn't you learn this in first grade? This is crazy. You're teaching in college. So the word is principal versus principal. Look at the spelling here. It's P-R-I-N-C-I-P-A-L. That is your principal. So in the United States, we have someone who is the head of a school. They're like the boss at a school when you're a teacher. They're the principal. And the way that we remember that is it's spelled with a P-A-L at the end because your principal is your pal, like your friend. Maybe they're not if you're a troublemaker, but it's a good way to remember this spelling. Now, when you have a principal or a belief that you hold highly, 
It's spelled P-R-I-N-C-I-P-L-E. So a principal belief is something that's very important or foundational to your life. So maybe your religion holds your principles or like many of your beliefs. So when we go back to principal, P-A-L, we're talking about the person that's in charge at a school. Or you can also use principal to be... It's, it's actually pronounced principal. I'm just saying it pal because it's spelled like pal. You can talk about principal as something being important. Like iron is the principal resource in our country, meaning it's the most important resource. Again, when you're talking about importance, you're talking about P-A-L. But when you're talking about kind of your values or beliefs, it's P-L-E, principle. So it's a very slight spelling difference, but it's important to know, again, to come off as very professional and as an intelligent English learner that you are, and I know it. The last two words are very mistaken by native English speakers here in the United States. So I'm going to teach you the difference because I just find this one to be very interesting I personally don't use these two words a lot, but I hear them in literature, reading, audiobooks, things like that. So it's home versus hone. And yes, home, H-O-M-E, is the place where you live or reside. You call your house your home. But you can also use this word to talk about a device that allows you to find something. For instance, my phone helps me home in... So we usually use the word in after this, home in, on restaurants that I want to eat at. Actually, this is not sponsored, but the app Yelp allows me to home in on a specific type of food that I want because I can never tell what I'm hungry for. So I go on Yelp and it allows me to find the restaurant that sounds good and I home in on the location and the menu item that I want. Again, not sponsored, but I do use that app quite a bit. To hone, H-O-N-E, means to sharpen, refine, or perfect. So literally, the first definition is to sharpen something. I guess that's an old English type of definition, like hone your sword. But more commonly, I hear this word as you are refining or perfecting something. So the phrase that's most commonly used is to hone your craft or to hone my craft. So I want to hone my craft of teaching English in 2021. That means I want to get better, I want to improve, I want to make more lessons. Researchers right now are honing in on a vaccine for coronavirus. So they're trying to perfect the vaccine, they're trying to refine it. That is a very popular thing in the news, current event happening in the world right now, obviously, because of the situation we're in. We really need to hone in on a vaccine. That's it for today's lesson. Thank you so much for listening to today's English Vocabulary Help Podcast. I hope that you take the phrases and words from today's lesson 
and use them in conversations. Reach out to me on Instagram at English with Kayla. And this year, I'm also really trying to grow my YouTube community. I'm making some really great lessons on video. So it would mean the world to me if you checked out my lessons there. If you watch YouTube and subscribe, again, English with Kayla. It really makes my day when I get comments on there that you guys came from listening to the podcast. So definitely let me know if you go over there. Again, if you want to get that free audiobook in the 30 day trial from Audible, go to audibletrial.com forward slash EWK. Thanks again for listening and stay tuned for next Thursday's podcast. Good luck studying English.